Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and this episode is to offer you what hopefully is a different perspective on how to approach your creativity and your creative ambitions and the projects associated with all that, right? Now, before I get into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's get into this. This is kind of going to be a combination of, like, a dose of reality, but also still try to keep you inspired and motivated, okay? And in short, I want you to treat your creativity like a startup, right? Um, you know, and the the various... Uh, projects that you work on, think of them, I don't know, kind of like products. It's not a perfect metaphor, but you know, the, the, the overarching macro version is your creativity is like your startup. And the, the way I mean this is that initially, you know, when you're starting off, much like with a startup uh, business, you, it's going to have to be your side hustle. It just is. We all, you know, much like entrepreneurs, we all wish that our creativity was the thing that uh, basically allowed us to have our lifestyle and maintain our lifestyle. And if not just our lifestyle, but perhaps a little bit more, right? That we could be, you know, making a, a good living from the creative uh, creativity that we offer to the world, right? But that's not going to start right away. It's just not, right? Um, you're going to have to have a job. Um, and you know, that might mean something within the industry, which would be fantastic because then you're still kind of progressing, um, forward in some way, you know, no different than someone at like, you know, who, you know, let's say someone who's a coder working for a company. Um, and then, you know, on their free time, they're, they're, they take all the knowledge that they continue to learn through their job and the experience and so forth, and then apply it to their own side business, Right. Um, that would be ideal. Doesn't always happen, right? Uh, not with entrepreneurs and not with um, creatives, right? You know, I mean, what's the cliche? Uh, actors working in, in bars, right? Or restaurants. Um, kind of same thing, right? So don't belittle yourself um, for whatever you have. You just gotta, you gotta make it work, right? It's, you have to have that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit, and really dig in and pay the bills, right? And make a little bit extra so you can fund your side hustle, right? Because uh, speaking from experience and speaking from all the people that I know, you know, when you're starting off no different than a startup, there's a lot of expenses associated with it, right? And you're not going to make money back initially. You got to put a lot of money into it. Just the, the nature of the beast, you know? Um, of course, you know, something like filmmaking tends to be a little bit more higher cost um, than, let's say, writing a novel or painting or writing a song, perhaps. Um, you know, so there's different costs associated with each thing, but there's a cost associated either way, you know. And part of your role is to figure out, okay, how can I do it for the cheapest amount that, you know, that I can work with while still having, you know, what, what's the, what's the minimal viable product? That's what they say in, um, 
startup terms, right? Um, to just to get something out there or maybe just create a proof of concept, whatever it may be, right? But you gotta, you, you gotta start somewhere and you gotta, and it's gonna take some capital. Now, you know, you could be like a startup and perhaps, uh, you know, crowdfund, get some investors, you know, um, films are costly. And so a lot of filmmakers that I know, um, they get investors for the film. Now, it's easier said than done, much like with any sort of startup, you would need a pitch deck and, you know, ideally some sort of track record, or at least something, right? So having short films to be able to show them, you know, and so forth, right? Like you have to be able to present to them and, and get them on board. But these are all the things that you have to do. And these are all the things that you have to do on the side because none of this stuff is paying you, you know? Um, it's just, it's actually just costing you. Um, in that way, but you know, and I, and I say all this because so many people, sadly, that that I talk to, they're like, I, I'm just tired of my corporate job. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you know working on other people's you know stuff and so forth. I want to really work on my own. Like it, it's my time and so forth. And I, I, I say to them, okay, you really got to kind of look at it again. I don't mean to discourage in, in that way. And and I'm someone like, listen, I. I I really love taking leaps of faith and so forth, but you also got to be smart about things, you know, like, you know, people will say this, you know, like, what's your runway? You know, people that have quit their jobs uh, to go into, you know, to go full time into their business, you know, what's their runway? Meaning, uh, how much time do you have to devote to this one specific thing without needing a job. You know, how much money do you have saved up is really what it is asking. Now, you know, sometimes it might not be you specifically. Sometimes you might be married or have somebody else and so forth that might be willing to shoulder that burden while you are, are off doing this, right? Pursuing this. But that's a conversation you have to have with that other person, right? And they have to be willing and on board because that's going to be a little bit of a strain, you know, um, but these are the terms you got to kind of think about as opposed to, you know, just the, the, the reactionary of like, I just want to quit my job and I want to pursue this and so forth. Right. That's to me, that's the speak of the ego that is impatient. And listen, I'm, I want you to be incredible. I want it to happen tomorrow. Trust me. I want it for you. I want it for all my friends and I want it for me, but it's just not, I, I don't know another way, you know, no one's knocking on my door to make uh, you know, to give me money to make the movies that I want, you know, even with my crowdfund currently, it's me having to reach out to all the various contacts that I know and so forth and really be humble about it and, and, and so forth. And I, I've been very grateful that they have donated, you know, the people that I have, but it's not a given, you know, it's not a guarantee at all. And the ones who can't, especially because of the pandemic, I don't begrudge, you know, I get it. I get it. Um, so, but this is what it takes, you know, um, no one, no one is requesting me to write the books that I write and so forth. Um, there's a value to it for people and things like that, but I'm not being paid in that way to put out this episode or the other episodes and so forth. Um, and put them out, you know, like this specifically because it means something to me and good things have come out of it. Um, you know, both in terms of the benefit for audiences, um, also some other people see it, and that's how I get certain coaching 
jobs or referred to um, for other big jobs. And so it pays in other ways, right? Um, and you kind of got to see it in that way. Um, you know, so, so before you quit everything, you know, really consider what is your runway on things. Um, and, and you got to have that patience, you know, um, like our career, I've talked about this in the past, but I want to reiterate it. This idea that, uh, you know, it really is a journey and like you, where you're at, like try, stop trying to skip these steps because these steps where you're at right now in the process is meant to teach you something. And you're supposed to go through this because by skipping that step, you won't know um, all the things that go into it. You know, every time I shoot a film, whether it's a feature film or a short film, I learn something that helps me out on the next project that allows me to then escalate and elevate the things that I work on, you know, and I'm grateful for that. And I wouldn't replace that. So you got to kind of, you got to really think in those terms. Um, and the other thing, like, if you're going to do this, you know, speaking of finances, you also like, you know, you got to have some runway money if you're going to like really go all in on this. Um, but the other side, even, even as part of your side hustle, you got to understand, you know, some things financially will have to like, you know, where, where are you prioritizing? Of course, you know, you got to have rent, you got to have food, but, um, you know, do you have to eat out at restaurants versus like, okay, can you, you know, can you really um, go to a grocery store and cook for yourself and save money that way? You know, um, you know, what, what, and it's that traditional thing of like, you know, stop buying your coffee each and every day and stay, instead make your coffee and things like that. You know, like what are all the ways that you can save your money that you can then put into your creative projects, you know, your side hustle. These are the things you got to consider in that way. And, you know, as part of all this, um, you know, a lot of us have multiple ambitions. You know, there's someone I know that uh, that has uh, music and has a podcast. And, you know, they're like, I want this podcast to be as big as possible. And it's like, I want that for you too. But it, but in some sense, I think the mistake that I, I hear when I when I hear this person talking about it is that the podcast almost seems separate of the music and it's like they work in tandem you know uh you've got a great audience already and continue building on that you know um like it's just again that patience thing it's just not going to happen overnight and i'm not i'm not taking away from you um you know a lot of people will tell me like um I'm, i'm tired of apologizing for wanting more it's like don't apologize to me for wanting more, but you got to have patience. You know, you do, you do. And that's, that's, that's very humbling. It sucks, but that's the nature of the beast. But, you know, in that same way, you know, while all this focus goes into, I got to grow this thing. It's like, you know, the music is blowing up and things like that. And they work in tandem. You become a better, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I, I often see, um, now, especially a lot of celebrities enter the podcast space and then, you know, their podcast will generally do very well, right? Um, maybe not as much as they were expecting, but certainly, you know, by the definition of what makes a successful podcast in overall, you know, and it's like, well, because they were already famous. So to me, it's like, okay, your music's already blown, like that's already going in a great way. So guess what? That 
that's only going to eventually fuel the podcast and vice versa. You know, stop seeing them as separate things, you know, and just have that humility. Um, and this is just one of many examples in, in these various arenas. But, um, but yeah, you know, I never, you know, in this way, I never look at what I do with the lessons here as separate of the other stuff because, you know, it all fuels it in the end, you know, the, the, I, by doing these lessons, I get my thoughts out and I get sort of feedback from you and, 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 it, and it helps me um, to create connections I otherwise wouldn't have had. And then, then I get to make, um, you know, the films or other stuff that I get to make. And then that experience and then allows me to bring it here and be like, here's, here's kind of deduced, you know, what, what I learned from that experience and how it may help you. Um, so it all works in that way. But, and in that way, you know, um, Stephen Pressfield, this is one of the big things that's like hard to swallow, but Stephen Pressfield writes about it in War of Art that you are entitled to the, you are entitled to the labor, but not the fruits of your labor. You know, where, where your, it, it, it's, it's like with a startup, you don't know what's going to happen. It is a leap of faith. And so, you know, you can go ahead and do it and things like that, but you're not guaranteed success. Um, in fact, there was a great speech um, that I heard recently. ESPN posted it on Instagram, and I, I apologize because I don't know who exactly it was. Um, it's just kind of coming to my mind, but it was, uh, uh, I want to say Ohio um, or maybe Iowa, um, one of the football strength trainers. You know, he was giving this speech, and he talked about how winning owes you nothing. You know, uh, someone might work less than you and they might win. Um, you know, you might work your ass off and still not win. Um, he said a lot more out, like he, he gives this really incredible, like almost a minute kind of speech about how winning just, it's not fair. It, it doesn't owe you anything, um, in that way, but you know, without, Without sprinting into the unknown, that's you're never going to win. You know, you're not guaranteed to win, but you are guaranteed to lose if you don't move forward. Point blank. And that might seem like it sucks, but that's the nature of the beast. And you know, you these are all the things that we have to kind of accept. No different than an entrepreneur, you know, and. And listen, there's something to be learned from failure. There really is. And I know it's cliche and things like that. but um, And it's something that you have to grapple with and, 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 and have humility for that you, A, you might fail, but even in that failure, there might be something good that comes across it. And you have to see it. Like, you know, there's um, on a recent episode of um, A Bit of Optimism with Simon Sinek, um, one of the guests that he had talked about this idea that, um, you know, he, he was a perennial failure. And by the way, I'll, I'll link to the episode in the description. Um, but he, you know, he failed at a bunch of things, right? Um, in fact, so much so like he was invited twice to be a keynote speaker at FailCon, which is all about failure. So it like felt like a kick in the nuts. But um, really, there was one point where um, he was listening to a speech at a, at a different type of conference. And the person speaking was 
you know, they had a successful medical startup and they were saying how, you know, when they were starting off, they really started um, this person's company, um, not for necessarily competition, but, but as inspiration and so forth. And it led to this really great thing. And that, that takes a lot of humility to, you know, be like, oh, wow, you know, we went out of business, but we inspired this company and that company is doing some really good stuff for all of humanity. And that's a real victory and that's success. Talk about like you are entitled to the work, but not the fruits of your labor. Um, and I understand that, that that type of thinking is, it's hard. It's hard for a lot of, it takes humility. It takes letting the ego aside and things like that. But when you can do that, your victories come in some other fashion. And not just, I'm not just talking about that sort of thing where then other people take and, and run with, you know, kind of what you set out to build. Um, eventually your time will come in some way, shape, or form, which I know might seem contradictory to what I was talking about in terms of winning owes you nothing. But I just believe if you just keep a good spirit, eventually something hits in the world. Um, you know, just like with startups, you know, it, it might not be the initial startup thing. It might not be the second or the third, but eventually something will hit. And, you know, it's not going to come when you want it. This is it. Trust me, because I'm sure you would have wanted yesterday. No different than me and all my friends, but it can happen. And, and you got to just accept that journey. I know you don't want to, but you got to and, and, and just go with it because there are lessons along the way. And you will look back on that time and you and you will you will regret not having been more present and enjoying them when you were. You know, I would love to be, you know, on the level of that Robert Rodriguez is today. But I also know his journey to get there. I often, and this is something that I, you know, talk to a lot of people about, you know, I, I, I try to get them to identify who is their hero. You know, Beyonce, Ryan Seacrest, whoever. It's like, okay, now study their trajectory. You know, what are the lessons you can take? Because you're looking at the person as they are today. But go back to their beginning, you know, and study their beginning and, and like literally, you know, it, as, as, as microscopic as you can so you can start to see the things that they had to do, you know, and, and, then, and then do that. You got to take those steps. You know, when I made my first movie, I literally studied all my famous, all my, all my um, favorite directors' um, first films. And I, was, I set out to replicate that, you know, as much as I could and not like, you know, in a derivative way, but in my own like, hey, this is still a Phil Svitek movie. I'm not just copying somebody else. Right. But in terms of, you know, their approach, their, how, you know, the finances that they put into all that stuff, I tried to mimic that as much as I could, you know, and learn from it. And obviously, you know, it's been the business changes and so forth um, in that way. And in many ways, my life was made easier because of digital um, cameras and so forth, stuff that they didn't have, um, a lot of them, uh, when they were first starting off. But, yeah, that was great because that's only to my advantage rather than a detriment. So all these things you have to keep in mind and you really have to see your creativity as a startup and approach it in that way. You know, entrepreneurship and being a content creator are not that different. And, you know, I'm sorry to say that to want to make it happen tomorrow and just quit your job, like that's irresponsible. 
and and that's your ego talking. It's it's not going to be that way. You have to keep working at it, you know. And yeah, this might not be the inspiring episode that you wished it would be, but it's a dose of reality. And in spite of all that, I say keep going because guess what? Again, no one's knocking on my door. I you know I I try to walk the talk, and in that way, you know. As much as I can, I have been in, my, in the, with the things that I do. Um, and who knows? I don't know the outcome of all this, you know? It was the, the, um, we were talking about, you know, my second movie, and I, I, I let slip to some people I know. I was like, yeah, you know, I want to submit it to the Con Film Festival and so forth. And they were like, oh, you, want, you, you, think, you think I'll get in? I said, no, no, that's not my goal. It just gives me a deadline um, to aim for and the submission is the goal. Whether or not I get in is beyond my control. But if meeting the deadline and being able to submit, that's within my control. You know, so focus on what you can control. Anyway, thank you so much. Please take this all to heart in the spirit of which it is intended, which is to give you the tools um, to, to properly um, go about your creativity and to be able to do it, you know, um, in that way. But as always, if you have any questions, please ask away down in the comment section or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. Would love to converse with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and hope to see you next time.